Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The power of diligent perspiration. In Psalm 126, Psalm 126, reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us, He who continually goes forth, weeping, bearing seeds for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In other words, the Bible is saying, the man that is continuously walking, that is diligently walking, continuously sowing the seed of good labor, investing in himself, investing in the things that pertain unto his own blessing, investing in his career, investing in his relationship, investing in his own business. He said, he who goes out continuously weeping, bearing seeds for sowing. He said, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing forth his sheaves with him. In other words, no matter how long it's going to take, no matter how difficult the process will look like, the day will come that the results will begin to show. He said, if you are diligent in the work you are doing, it is difficult. You are going forth and you are sowing the seed and you are investing in yourself, investing in your relationship, investing in your service, in the work of your hand. It may take a while, but the Bible is saying that you are going to get the result later. Which simply means persistent work. Diligently doing what is required of you. Diligently perspiring until you see the result. He said, will produce tangible results. It may take a while. It may appear as if nothing is happening. But as you keep on investing, as you keep on sowing, as you keep on doing the work, the result will show. Diligent perspiration will produce a tangible results in the end. And just as I've often said from this particular pulpit, that how far you travel in life is a function of the choices you make. I'm saying again this morning that we define our future by what we do with what we have been given. We define our future by what we do, our response to the things that we have been given. How far you go depends on what you do with your time, depending on what you do with your talent, depending on the resources that you have been given. What you do with what you have been given determines how far you go. And that is exactly what the Bible is telling us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you start reading from verse number 6, the Bible says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Now, I hope you know that this is not just only for the offering. It's not only when you are collecting offering that this verse of the scripture applies. It applies to every aspect of your life. It relates to the whole of your life. It tells us that life rewards us based on the level of our efforts. You sow little, you get little. You sow much, you get much. It is not magic. Living life beyond limits is a function of the effort that you put into it. 
You put in the right effort, you get the result. And my brothers and sisters, God gave you and me, God gave all of us a big role to play in how our lives will turn out. God gave you that role. He gave you the power of choice. Our lives are practically in our own hands. We determine if we are going to live a limited life or a life that is unlimited. We determine how far we will travel. We determine how much success we are going to enjoy. We determine the blessings of God we are going to access. Deuteronomy 28 tells us. If you look from verse number 1, Deuteronomy 28, reading from verse number 1, the Bible says that now it shall come to pass. It said, if you, if you diligently obey, the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all the commandments which I command you. That the Lord now will respond to what you have done. So it's not totally dependent upon the Almighty God. It's a function of what we do. You say, if you diligently obey, then the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And this blessing shall come upon you, overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So it is a function of what you do. We determine how high we are going to fly. We determine how fast we are going to travel. We determine what we will have access to. We determine if we are going to live beyond the limit or we are going to live under the influence or the control or the limitations of hell. We determine it by what we do on a daily basis. The question then becomes, what is diligent perspiration? Diligent work or diligent perspiration is the careful and persistent work or effort that we put into our daily life. How do you organize your life every day? If you cut corners here today, if you keep cutting corners, it is going to catch up. Nobody needs to know, but it is going to catch up. So, diligent perspiration is the careful and persistent work or effort that we put into our daily life. It is the focused and consistent effort that we put into what is required and demanded of us. There are certain things that is required. There are certain things that are demanded of you. How do you respond to those things? Are we going with the bare minimum? Are we going over and above? That is what diligent perspiration is all about. Diligent perspiration is operating as demanded. This is what this particular situation demands. And I'm willing to do it even when it is not comfortable. I'm willing to take the step even when it is not convenient for me. So diligent perspiration is operating as demanded. It is the consistent work that we do above and beyond what every other person is doing. There are certain things that you do that everybody will say, this is okay. But you say, because I demand excellence of myself, I am willing to go beyond and above what is required. That is what I mean by diligent perspiration. The work that we are going to do that sets us apart from everybody. That is what diligent perspiration is all about. Diligent perspiration is the only thing that pushes us above every other person. Now to work diligently, to work consistently, to go above and beyond what is required, to consistently do the work that sets us apart, it requires what is called, number one, self-discipline. Self-discipline. And self-discipline is the ability to pursue what is required despite the temptation to abandon it. So if you want to be able to operate, you want to work diligently, you need what is called self-discipline. When you are tired, you are still doing it. When you don't want to do it, you are still doing it. When it is not required, you are still doing it. Because you have set a standard for yourself. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16 tells us, 
He said, for though I preached the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. That is the standard that Paul the Apostle has placed upon himself. Not because of any standard, but because that is what he decided to do. That was the standard. And that was why Paul the Apostle was different from all the other apostles. Because he decided to go over and beyond what is required at the call of duty. So he said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. So he's basically telling us that for me to consistently produce, to be able to deliver the result that will set me apart, I have made up my mind that I'm going to be self-disciplined. I have made up my mind that I'm going to put a necessity upon myself. I have made a requirement of myself. I have made a law unto myself that I'm going to continue to preach this thing even when it is not convenient. And that was why when he was talking to Timothy, he said, preach the gospel in season and out of season. When it is convenient, when it is not convenient. He said, do what you need to do so that you can become the best that you are supposed to be. Diligent perspiration requires, number one, self-discipline. That is doing something even when you have the temptation to stop doing it. Number two, diligent perspiration requires self-motivation. That is that internal drive. That internal drive to keep on going to achieve your desired goal. Even when everybody around you has stopped. Even when there is no reason to keep going. You have that internal motivation. Something is pushing you to keep going. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30, if you read from verse number 6, it says, and David was greatly distressed. A lot of people are distressed in our community right now. Because of all that has been going on around us for the past couple of months, a lot of people are distressed. There's no motivation to do anything. There's no motivation to be able to step out of our comfort zone. There's no motivation to be able to step out of the place and do the things that we need to do. But the Bible says, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But look at the next thing. Though everybody was distressed, do everybody was discouraged. Do everybody had no motivation to move forward. Everybody wanted to give in and throw in the towel. The Bible said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. David had to speak to himself. David looked at the situation. David had this internal drive to keep on going when everybody around him was so discouraged and they were not willing to move forward. And if you are going to continue to work diligently on your business, continue to work diligently on your person, continue to work diligently on your career, on your marriage, or whatever you lay your hands upon to do, if you are going to do it diligently, you must have what is called self-motivation. Because if you are looking for somebody to motivate you, I'm telling you, you are not going to move very far. If you are looking for somebody who juice you up every day, you are not going to go very far. Because life will throw you some serious curveball. Life is going to give you what you don't like. You must have that internal mechanism that will say, Lord, I will not give up, I will keep on going. There needs, number one, to be self-discipline. There needs, number two, to be self-motivation. And then number three, there has to be what is called personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. That is that feeling of duty and accountability. The promise that you make to yourself that you are not going to let people down. The promise that you make to yourself that you are not going to let yourself down. The promise that you make to yourself that you are not going to lower the standard, even when everybody has lowered the standard. The Bible tells us in Proverbs twenty-two, twenty-nine. 29, it says, Seest thou a man that is diligent in his business? 
He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. In other words, because he has taken personal responsibility. Because he says, I don't care what other people are doing. This is what I am going to do. I don't care what other people are doing. This is the standard that I've set for myself. I don't care what other people are doing. This is the way that I've chosen to live my life. He said, because he has done that. He says, seest thou a diligent man in his business. He said, he shall stand before kings. He will not stand before mean men. Now the question is, why is this hard work necessary for success? Why is hard work necessary for you to live a life beyond limits? Why is it necessary for you to work hard before you can see results? The first reason is what I call the cost factor. The cost factor. That means that there is always a price to be paid for anything that you want. Anything you get for free is a lie. Somebody is paying for it. You may not know, but somebody is paying for it. And anything you get, there are two ways in which you pay. I've always explained this to my family. It's either you pay it up front, or you pay it on the back end. If you pay it up front, it's always cheaper. Because you avoid interest and compound interest. But if you pay it on the back end, God help you. So there is always what is called the cost factor. Diligence is necessary for success because of the cost factor. You have to pay for what you want. You have to. If you get anything for free, somebody is paying for it. The Bible tells us, he said, for which of you intended to build the tower? Luke chapter 14 verse 28. Which of you intended to build the tower? Does not first sit down and count the cost. Whether he has what is sufficient to finish it. You don't start a project just for the sake of starting it. You want to look at that project and say, okay, what does it cost to get this thing done? What does it cost to go to school? What does it cost to have a successful business? What does it cost to be able to raise a child? What does it cost to have a good marriage? You need to understand the cost factor. And that is why diligence is very important for success because of that cost factor. It tells you the price that you have to pay to be able to get what you want. And one thing I want you to understand is that everything in life, like I said, has a price. This is the cost factor. Everybody wants success. Have you ever seen a person that you will talk to and say, do you want to be successful? I say, no, I don't want to be successful. I want to be a failure. No. Everybody wants to be a success. But the question is, why is everybody not successful? The reason is simply because not everybody is willing to pay the price. When everybody says, I want success, and you show them the cost of that particular thing, what happens? You don't want it. There is a car that is called Maserati. Everybody loves it. I don't think I've seen anybody who doesn't love a Maserati. There are some people, they have a picture of Maserati right in front of their house. So that when they are studying, they know that's the reason why they are going to school. Because they want to get a Maserati. If they say they give you a Maserati, you want it. But by the time you go to the car dealership and you look at Maserati, you say, hey, car, na car. Even if I drive a Hyundai, it will take me to where I'm going. It's not because you don't like Maserati, it's because you cannot afford it. Or you don't want to pay the price. Or you don't have the money to pay. The whole point I'm trying to make is this. Everybody wants to be successful. But not everybody wants to pay the price. Number two, diligence is necessary for success because of what I call the discipline factor. Which is what you must endure to get to where you're going. There is always a test of endurance. There are things that you have to endure. There is a process that you have to follow. Everybody wants success, but nobody wants to endure the pain. 
Everybody wants to get a nice sneakers. Everybody wants to be able to have the latest gadgets. You want to live in the best house, but you don't want to endure the pain of savings. You don't want to endure the pain of the work that you have to put into it. So the discipline factor, the reason why diligence is important for success is because of the discipline factor. Number three, why is diligence important for success? Why is it necessary for success? It is necessary because of what I call the value or the priority factor. The value or the priority factor which is what you consider to be important. A lot of people want something, but their priorities are upside down. You want to be a successful person, but you also want to be involved in this. You like to have good things, but you also like to spend your money this way. You like to have a good relationship, but you also like to talk to people anyhow. So you find out that you cannot eat your cake and have it. So that is what they call the value factor. It is necessary. Diligence is necessary for success because of the value factor. Everybody wants success, but very few are willing to take the time to identify what is important for them in their lives. Very few people want to do that. You want to continue to hang out with the same group of people, and you at the same time you want to be the top of your class. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So that is the value factor. The Bible says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory for. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul is saying, This is what I value. And I'm separating from every other thing. Number four, Diligence is necessary for success because of the opportunity factor. And what do we mean by the opportunity factor? The opportunity factor is the door that you open for yourself by the things that you do. The door that you open for yourself, opportunities that you create for yourself by the things that you do. When you volunteer, when you give a good job, when you present yourself, when you go over and above the thing that is required for the job, when you start doing that, people notice. And when they want something, who do you think they call? They call the person that delivers. And then you say, ah, that person is lucky. No, that person has done the work. That's why they have the opportunity open unto them. Bible makes us to understand. He said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Paul the apostle became the greatest apostle of all. Why? Because he put in the necessary work. And doors began to open for him. So the opportunity factor is one of the reasons why diligence is necessary for success. And then finally, diligence is necessary for success because of what I call the focus factor. Which is the ability to be able to concentrate on what you require without being distracted. Focus is that ability to be able to concentrate on that single thing without allowing yourself to be distracted. There is a thing that we say back in the neck of the wood where I come from. That when you go to the market, you focus on the person that you are having business with. You don't get distracted by the noise in the market. A lot of us are so distracted by the noise in the market that we touch and go. We touch and go. We touch and go. We don't spend enough time to develop roots and to develop connection in that particular area. The more you jump from one place to the other, the less roots you develop, the less expertise you develop, the less depth that you develop. And as a result, you find that a lot of us are generalists, but we are not good. We are not specific at one particular thing. Expertise is no longer there because of the focus factor. And diligence is necessary because it allows you to be able to concentrate on what you need to be able to get to where you're going. I can assure you, my brothers and sisters, not everything that comes your way will take you to where you're going. Not every man that comes your way will take you to where you're going. Not every relationship that comes your way will enhance your journey to your final destination. And that is why you need focus. That's why you need to be able to eliminate certain things out of your life. 
That is why you need to be able to take certain things out of your life. That is why you need to concentrate your effort and focus on only those things that will take you to where you're going. Everybody wants success, but very few people are willing to focus on what is important. Everybody wants to be able to be the big guy, but nobody wants to be able to develop the expertise to make them good at what they are supposed to do. So focus factor is the reason why diligence is necessary for success. Now, please understand, your talents can open the door for you. Your talents can give you exposure. Your natural ability can give you recognition. But it is your ability to remain diligent in your work that transform your dream into what? Into reality. How many new people who have been drafted into the NBA did not succeed? They are wonderful ball players who never made it. Why? Is it because they are not good? They are good, but the thing is that they lack the diligence to do the work. A lot of brilliant students who fail in school, not because they don't know how to read the material or they cannot understand the material. The reason is because they are not diligent in their study. A lot of wonderful people who cannot maintain a good relationship. Why? Is it because they are bad people? No. But because they are not diligent in building a good relationship. So the point we are making here today is that your talent will open the door. Your talent will give you recognition. Your talent will put your feet in the door. But for you to remain and to walk through those doors of opportunity, it requires your diligent work. It requires your persistent and continuous perspiration at that particular enterprise. That is when you begin to live a life beyond limits. And the more diligent we are, the more results we begin to see. The more life begins to happen to us. The more things begin to fall in pleasant places for us. And the blessings of a diligent man is the blessing of honor. Because the more diligent you are, People will begin to recognize that you are the kind of person that goes over and above what is required. And the honor will begin to come. And that is what you see in Proverbs 22, 29. See as thou a man that is diligent in his business. See as thou a man who has put in the necessary, the requisite effort. See as thou a man that has been doing what is required to do. He said he will not just stand before queer, queer people. He will stand with what? In the presence of kings. So the benefits and the blessings of diligence is honor. It gives you honor. It elevates you. You are no longer among the same group of people anymore. You have now risen above the crowd. And then not only that, it gives you prosperity. Proverbs chapter 10 verse number 4 tells us, He become a poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligence makes rich. A man who is diligent at work, a man who continues to do what he's doing, consistently doing what he's supposed to do. A man, the hand of the diligence, make rich. So the more you are busy doing what you're supposed to do, putting all the necessary effort, at one point in time, results will start showing. The unfortunate thing is that the other side of the coin is also true. The man who is diligent gets rich. The other side of the coin is also true. The man who is indolent, the man who will not work, the man who is not diligent. The Bible tells us that that particular person will lack and he will want. There will be lack and want in his life. Look at that verse of the scripture. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. He said, he become a poor that deals with slack hands. In other words, he's lazy. He doesn't want to do anything. He keeps giving excuses for his life. As long as an individual deals with a slack hand, he will lack and he will want. As long as he deals with a slack hand, he will have poverty and insufficiency. It's as simple as that. It's not because I said so. That's what the scripture is saying. So the point we are making here is that as blessings follow diligence, there is also a negative side to being indolence. 
And the question this morning is that, how do you develop a diligent mindset? How do you develop it? How do you develop a diligent mentality? My brothers and sisters, you develop a diligent mentality by having a clear vision of the future that you want. What kind of future do you want? What kind of future do you want? When you have a clear vision of the future that you want, you have a clear understanding of what you want. What do you do? It begins to give you the grace to start walking towards that future. But the problem is when you have no idea where you're going, when you have no idea what the future looks like, then we begin to live our lives carelessly. So you develop diligent mentality by having a clear vision, knowing exactly what you want out of life. Number two, you develop a diligent mentality by having a deep hunger for that particular future. It's one thing for you to just desire it. Yeah, I like to have a Maserati. I like to build my house under the water. If you have all those ideas, it is good to have those ideas. But are you hungry enough for them? Are you passionate about it? Are you really desiring those things? The Bible makes us to understand that when Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel, Leah was the one that was having all the babies and Rachel was not having the babies. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 30 verse 1, Rachel now went to Jacob and said, Hey, 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 you are not giving me children. When Rachel saw that she bought Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I will die. That is what is called a deep hunger. Give me children or I will die. In other words, I cannot live like this anymore. I don't want to continue to live like this. This is not the condition that I signed for. There has to be that hunger in your spirit. Not just seeing where you're going, but wanting that particular destination so badly that you are willing to do what it takes to get there. That's how you develop the diligent mentality. Number three, how do you develop this diligent mentality? You develop it by having that stubborn determination to pay the price. Like I said earlier on, everybody wants to be successful, but paying the price is what the issue is. Now, if you want to develop a diligent mentality, if you want something really bad, you know that that thing is really good for you. You have a clear vision of where you're going. You now have that stubborn determination that come rain or shine, I'm going to get to that place. Come rain or shine, I'm going to get here. I don't care what anybody's saying, I'm going to that place. I don't care what the condition looks like, I'm going to get to that place. When you have that stubborn determination, that determination to say, this future that they said is not possible for everybody, is going to be possible for me. When you have that stubborn determination, what happened? Life begins to open up. Bible tells us when Jacob knew that his encounter with his brother Esau meant the end of his life. He knew he could not stand Esau. Esau was coming with 400 armed men. Esau had his own personal army. Jacob understood that, yes, there is no way he could confront his brother. So the next thing he did was, I say, I need the support of heaven. So when he had an angelic visit in Genesis chapter 2, reading from verse number 26, the Bible said, and he said, let me go for the daybreak. And he said to him, that Jacob saying to the angel, I will not let you go unless you bless me. In other words, this thing, I want it. I am stubborn. I'm not going to let you go unless you give it to me. You must have the same attitude towards life. You must have the same attitude towards the things that you have gone in for. You must say, oh Lord, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Number four and finally, developing a diligent mindset requires an unbroken focus. A focus that says, Lord, I don't care what is happening on my right. I don't care what's happening on my left. This is where I am going. The Bible makes us to understand when Elijah was about to leave and he was talking to Elisha. Elisha wanted the double portion anointing so badly. And he told Elijah, I want the double portion. 
And Elijah said, okay, you really want it? If you want it, then you must see me when I go. And what happened? Elisha forgot about all the distraction around him. And the Bible says that when that particular time came, Elisha saw it. You have to have a broken focus. Today you are in this business. Tomorrow you are doing this. Next tomorrow you are doing this. By the time you keep jumping and jumping and jumping, you'll find out that you will not be able to make any headway. But when you are determined, you have sought the face of the Lord. The Lord has told you, this is the direction I want you to go. And you now focus your attention on that thing. What happens? You begin to move in that direction and begin to see results. For us to develop a diligent mindset, you need patient perseverance. We live in a culture where we want results instantly. Where we want answers yesterday. Microwave is supposed to be fast enough. And yet people are still impatient in front of the microwave. But if you are going to develop a mindset... That will produce results. You must have patient perseverance. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse number 12. We say we do not want you to become lazy. But to imitate those who through faith and patience. Who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You cannot get the promise of the almighty God if you are in a hurry. It's not going to happen. Because God does not work based on your own timetable. If I would say a day in the presence of the almighty God is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like just one day. And because he's God, he can do it whenever he wants to do it. The point you are making is that if you want to develop a diligent mentality, there needs to be patience. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.